You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, friends. Welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. I am your host, Roger Osorio. I am an author, podcast host, and reinvention coach. I help people launch their ideas into businesses, passion projects, or nonprofits. So in this episode, what I want to talk about is going from zero to step one in your goals. And I'm going to start things off by sharing a quick story about how it took me 10 years to finally bring my first book to life, that is getting it published. So back in 2012, I had an idea for a math book that I wanted to write. So it was meant to be a book that would take complicated or what seemed to be complicated math concepts and present them in real, everyday, applicable terms. A lot of this was based on the way I was tutoring people, where I would take their the complex way it was presented in their math book, and then I would just break it down into like just normal, real terms. And then usually the students would just say, wait, that makes sense. That's really simple. I'm like, I know they just dress it up to make it look fancy and complicated in the books. But in reality, it's actually very digestible, very applicable to so many things in life. And it makes sense. So rather than being written in such an exclusive way that makes people feel like, you know, like some people are born for math and others are not, by the way, that's not true. I wanted to make this book put it in real terms because I wanted the book to be able to explain math in a useful and practical way in a very like everyday setting. So in my mind, I thought about, okay, what do I need in order to bring this book to life? And I thought I need to completely read and analyze two to three existing algebra textbooks. And by the way, I decided to start with the first book being an algebra book. I was tutoring a lot of algebra students, so I thought it made sense. And this book, so I figured I have to see what existing textbooks are doing, which I more or less knew because I was starting to teach more and tutor more, but I wanted to really dissect these books so I could understand what the start, like where things are today. The other thing that I thought about writing books was I felt that my first book would need to ultimately compete with those types of textbooks, meaning it would cover an entire year's worth of algebra. I also believe that the only way to do this was to start with chapter one and then work my way forward one chapter at a time. And finally, I didn't even think about the challenges I'd face while getting it published. So I didn't really think about that. I think the challenges above distracted me enough to keep my mind off of that. Not so little detail, but I'm sure if I would have thought about that, I would have made the goal even like bigger and harder. Well, this book idea never came to life. I have one document where I wrote most of the copy for like, Chapter one, lesson one, (laughs) not even like all of chapter one. And that's about as far as I got. I barely got a quarter of the way into the first of three books that I assigned myself to review. And that was like the first time I attempted writing a book and it did not go very well, did not last very long. And every couple of years, I had another book idea. And in a similar fashion, 
I thought about how massive and amazing it could be. And each time the book idea failed to barely get off the ground. So why did all of these attempts end in barely a false start? So let's borrow from the field of physics. So Newton's first law of motion says that an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. So staying at rest, of course, isn't a good thing for your goals because that's where you'll stay. We need to be in motion. And, but that's the problem. That's where the problem comes in. It's getting into motion. Moving an object at rest is harder than keeping up its momentum. So for instance, think about when you're driving a car, making the car go from the stoplight requires more effort, more fuel, more torque. For those of you who know more about cars in order to move that car. Once you get it moving, the car doesn't require as much force and torque and everything to keep it moving and maybe even accelerate. So making this all even harder is that the more mass an object has, the more force you need to get it moving in the first place. So if you think about my situation, I took a bold dream like writing a book and I made it as massive as I could by putting all these prerequisites in place. And remember, writing a book is already a massive goal on its own. However, I went out of my way to stack it with all of those extra actions and getting this massive book goal into motion was going to require a lot of force up front. Force that, I mean, I just didn't have to give at the time because this was the first time I was attempting to write a book uh, or, you know, to write a book completely. And so I just didn't have that level of force. I didn't have those muscles in place. I didn't have systems in place or past experience I could draw on. I just had this brand new massive goal in front of me and I made it even more massive. And now here I am trying to push this thing and get it moving. And I just couldn't do that. I didn't have the support of a publishing house behind me like most people won't when they are writing their first book. So of course, like it was just me really trying to push this thing. So imagine having a massively bold business idea or new career or project that you want to bring to life. The bigger it is, the more force you need. This is why most people won't even start. In fact, when it comes to starting a business, there's a Harris poll study that found this and I was blown away by the numbers. I mean, I kind of had an idea the numbers were like this. I just didn't know exactly what they were. 62% of Americans right now have a business idea that they want to start. But 92% of those people don't even start. So let's break this down into real numbers. So let's say there's 100 people in the United States. What this study is saying that 62 of these 100 people in the United States have a business idea that they want to start, but only five of them actually attempt it. Now, a few of the reasons why people don't even start include that the most common reasons are not enough funding, no access to health benefits, and lack of access or knowledge to the tools needed to run a business. Now, this is kind of crazy when you think about it. The problem with those reasons is that they're so focused on a bigger version of your idea. At the beginning of bringing any business to life, you should not focus on funding, health benefits, and tools to operate a business. I mean, imagine saying like, I want to start a business. Uh, I have an idea. Oh, but before I start, I, what are my benefits? Uh, do I have health coverage and all of that? I'm probably not going to have any of those things. I won't have any of those things. At the beginning, I may not. Now, you might be at a company where you do have health benefits. So of course, that would help in all of that. But the challenge here is that we're making the business idea so big. At this point, you only have an idea. But what you don't have is a business that requires funding or a business that requires benefits or a business, quite frankly, that you even have to operate. Because at this point, it's just an idea. 
So that means that we are putting all of these barriers in the way. We're making this goal so massive that we feel nowhere near ready to tackle this. We're making it difficult. And now we need so much force in order to get it moving force in the form of capital force in the form of tools, complex tools, CRM systems, digital marketing systems, like all these things that honestly, at the beginning of any idea, you don't need any of these things. We make it so that we have to start this goal like so much later. And that's the problem. But what we really need to do is make it so that we can actually get the goal started sooner rather than later and with less force, with less effort. Because at the beginning, we don't have as much force or leverage to apply, especially on a new goal. The newer the goal, the less force and leverage that we will have to apply because it's something new that we don't have experience in. We don't have network in. We maybe don't have all the key skills in or whatever it might be. So that's less force. That's less leverage. For example, if you're starting your third business, that's a very different experience than starting your first. So going back to my story of bringing my first book to life, it wasn't until 2021, nine years later, when I started working on my published book, The Journey to Reinvention. Now this book did come to life and here's why. I didn't focus on only, that is, the finished product. I didn't make my book goal so massive, so impossible that I couldn't start. I didn't start with a goal of New York Times bestseller list. Because if I had, I would not have ever even started. I mean, honestly, I would have just been happy to have made it to the finish line of bringing a published book to life. So what did I focus on? Well, I was fortunate to be part of a cohort-based program for first-time authors. And this program broke down this like massive book goal into smaller pieces that I could get in, that I could engage with and address sooner rather than later. So some of those smaller goals or smaller activities were interviewing people who might have a perspective or a story on reinvention. And to make that even easier, starting with the people I know and then expanding to people I don't know. Another activity was snippet writing. So this means as you run into inspiration for book content, maybe there's something you see or something you come across, like an interesting article, capture that article and, you know, capture the link or the, or a picture of the thing that inspired you and just jot down like a quick paragraph in your phone's like notepad app and write down like what inspired you about this and how it applies to your book. That's it. A paragraph, maybe just a couple of sentences. The other thing that I did was I actually scraped all of my old blog articles, blog articles that I had written. Some were focused on reinvention. And so I looked for the ones that I thought could fit and support my book's mission. And then I just kind of collected those. That was a really easy activity. The other thing that they taught us to do was to capture stories. They said, capture your own stories that apply to this topic, but also capture the stories that you've learned of other people. So these are people that you maybe can't interview, maybe people who've already you know passed away, people from the past. And then go and grab their stories and capture them and just collect them somewhere. And then what's another activity that we did? Those were the main ones. So each of these smaller goals was, were so much easier to engage with and start. These were things that I could start doing right away that would help me build momentum and learn more about the area that I wanted to impact with my book. So I've been teaching entrepreneurship for 10 years now. I've taught over 5,000 people around the world how to take their business ideas from concept to creation. I've done this for the Global Tech Startup Accelerator Techstars since 2014. And I've also taught entrepreneurship at Sarah Lawrence College and at University of Pennsylvania since 2018. And the very first step that I always teach for how to bring an idea to life is validation. This means validating your idea, validating the problem that you want to solve, validating the people that you want to solve it for. 
It means learning as much as you can about the market, the problem, and the people you want to serve. It means becoming so deeply knowledgeable and maybe even influential in the market that you want to enter that people can't ignore you. In fact, they probably come to you because they're like, this person really knows a lot about all the problems related to reinvention. I should go to them. Imagine starting any business or passion project from that foundation with that kind of reputation. You've got a massive head start. And this is precisely what the first time author program did for us. They took this complex and massive goal of writing a book and they distilled it down to one starting point, validation. Everything they had us do, the interviews, the snippet writing, capturing stories, these are all validation exercises. They helped us build momentum by learning more about the field that we wanted to serve. And the same applies for really any idea that you want to bring to life. Going from zero to step one means finding your validation exercises, experiments, and actions that will help you learn more about the market that you want to enter. I'm working on building a cohort-based program to help people do exactly that. I mean, for me, this is kind of like the big breakthrough that I had. Oh my gosh, if I could help people go from zero to step one in this way, and step one being that validation, then they will have the foundation to go to step two, three, four, five, six, and all of that, probably without me. And, and that's good because I want them off and running, but I want to be there to help people from zero to step one because I know how important this validation step is to getting off the ground, to building momentum, and to really start to establish yourself as someone who needs to be solving this problem, who needs to be involved in this space, because you're proving it by the things you're out there doing. Whatever those validation exercises are, you're doing them publicly whenever possible. So this is something that I want to do because I know that this is the fastest and easiest way to build momentum and get started right away. So I'm going to leave you with that. Whatever your massive goal is, find the validation exercise, action, or experiment that you can start with and get started. Remember, validation is all about learning. So focus on learning as much about it and in the most direct way as possible. Interviewing is the most effective way to do this. And if you need help, reach out. This is something I love talking about. I love helping people with. You can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, where I share content related to this, or go to my website, you know, and you can sign up to like do a coaching intro or just reach out on any of the platforms, wherever, you know, you'll be able to find me pretty easily. So get to work, get to learning and start launching your ideas. Thanks a lot and make your day great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.